And now, with Sound Investing, here's Paul Merriman. Well, I've got to admit it, I am hooked. I am hooked on the ChatGPT software, this artificial intelligence site where uh, you can go and you can learn the most amazing things. And, uh, and I decided to give it a test. I decided to, to focus on some aspect of investing that would uh, hopefully help people um, know the right things to do. Uh, I, I have viewed the decision-making process of being a great investor, of breaking the process down into very small steps, and uh, and thinking through each of those decisions, and I thought that the uh, this uh, a chat source uh, would give me some excellent uh, uh, fodder for making those decisions. And I wasn't sure where to start. I knew we were going to write an article. Rich Buck and I were going to write an article for Market Watch, and we're working on that now. Uh, but I'll just tell you that I decided, because I've had him on my brain lately, is to think about the decisions of who we're going to trust. I have always believed that one of the most important decisions we make is the source of information about how we invest. Uh, and, 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 and so I thought, okay, here we have this recent information about Dave Ramsey, and I was I was taken back when I saw his website. According to his website, there are over ten million people a day listen to his radio, and I think his online uh, shows. That's big. I think I think about how many people we reach per day. And it is humbling, I will tell you, uh, compared to, uh, to, to Dave Ramsey. Uh, he, he also has, I believe it's some 3,000, or maybe it was 5,000, but it was a big number of experts that he has made arrangements with to be able to give you the personal information you need to be a good investor. And of course, in a general way, because he can never talk about the specifics of what you must do. Uh, in a general way, he does that on his show. But he would say, and I think most of us would say, that what we offer is basically entertainment, and that if you can't figure this stuff out yourself, you better get some uh, professional help. And 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 I thought about this. I thought about how important trusting the right person could be in your life. Uh, I saw uh, a Seth Godin in a piece that he put out. He mentioned, we spend 90,000 hours of our lives at work. And I thought, wow, now where did he come up with that? Well, it turns out he was talking about 45 years and at 2,000 hours a year, there's your 90,000 hours of life at work. On the other hand, if we live another 30 years in retirement, that's a 24-hour job. Uh, 
a day job, and you do that for 365 days a year over that 30 years, you've got over 260,000 hours now that you're going to be in retirement. And there are so many variables that are going to dictate what you end up with to take care of you during that 260,000 plus hours of retirement. And they're pretty obvious things. There's how much you save. Uh, There's whether you save in a taxable or tax-deferred or tax-free account. There is whether you work for a company and you get a match. There is whether you put your money in fixed income or equities or some combination of the two. But there are a whole bunch of, of what appear to be relatively small decisions that end up making a, a big difference when you get to retirement. Now, I really have no specific idea how all those advisors who work uh, with, uh, with uh, Dave Ramsey, uh, wh- how they would figure out what's the right thing for you to do as an investor. I do know I can certainly look at what Dave Ramsey says on his website. At least I, I thought I could. I, I, I do know what he ge- generally recommends, and I do know what we generally recommend. So that I can be judgmental about. Because I can tell you that when you get behind the door with an advi- individual advisor, Everything is going to be very personal. It's what the advisor believes in. It's how the advisor makes a living and how they understand the individual investor. But I can't sit down with every one of you, and neither can Dave Ramsey. So our job is to give advice, good, solid, trustworthy advice, that to the extent that you never use anybody as an advisor except his generic recommendations and our generic recommendations, what would likely be that difference? And because I am so interested in this uh, uh, chat GPT service, I decided to use it as a way to start digging into what Dave Ramsey recommends or what people hear that he recommends and uh, and see how that matches up with the kind of work that we do. So I started with a real simple question. I, I, I simply asked, what are the pros and cons of advice from Dave Ramsey? And boy, I mean, it was seconds, and it was typing stuff out, and it was a fairly lengthy piece that it typed. But let me give you some of the highlights. It says Dave Ramsey is a well-known personal finance expert and author who has provided advice to millions of people seeking to improve their financial situations. While his advice has helped many individuals achieve financial stability, it's important to consider both the pros and cons before implementing his recommendations. And then they list them. Uh, Pros. Uh, that, that his ad- advice is simple. I'm, I'm, I'm 
paraphrasing here to keep it quicker. Uh, debt reduction is something else that Ramsey focuses on and helping people get out of get out of debt. Now, I will tell you, there is a lot of controversy about uh, his approach uh, to paying off debt. Uh, he recommends you pay off the smallest debts first. It gives you a, a sense of accomplishment. Other people say, wait a minute, you should be paying off the debt with the highest uh, interest first. But that that is there's difference of opinion there a lot of debate um, but not the biggest thing not the biggest thing that I'm going to focus on here uh, a focus on budgeting is 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 one of the things that Ramsey emphasizes he talks about emergency funds and then it says under practical financial principles Ramsey's advice is based on common sense financial principles such as living within your means, avoiding unnecessary debt, and saving for the future. Then they get into the cons. And in the cons, they mention this problem with paying off debt uh, and and paying off the smallest debts first. And they also mention um, some, some criticism about his recommendations on credit cards. Uh, And then they finish by saying, it's important to note that personal finance is highly individualized and what works for one person may not work for another. It's always advisable to consider multiple sources of information, consult with financial professionals, and tailor advice that it will tailor advice to your specific circumstances and goals. So here we've asked, we've asked the computer to, to search the internet and find out what are the major advantages or the good stuff, and then what are some of the things that are, that are more questionable or more debatable. What's fascinating to me is that there are a couple of things that weren't even mentioned. It did not mention the fact that he refers people to advisors who recommend load funds because he actually believes that load funds are preferable to no load funds. They did not mention the fact that he recommends actively managed funds as opposed to index funds. Uh, Again, a a, a huge decision. Both of these decisions are going to change the financial future of everybody who faces that fork in the road, because I would estimate that over a lifetime, those two decisions could easily add somewhere between 1% to 2% a year higher return. And if you're in your 20s or your 30s, that's, that's theoretically talking about millions of dollars worth of difference. So I was really surprised that uh, ChatGPT did not pick up on those very controversial items. So I decided to come back with another question maybe that might lead me uh, uh, into some more deep thinking about Dave Ramsey. And I asked, 
What is Dave Ramsey's position on index funds and actively managed funds? Annie GPT Chat says, Dave Ramsey generally advocates for investing in mutual funds with a long-term perspective and a focus on low costs. His investment strategy primarily emphasizes the use of actively managed funds with a track record of consistent performance. Now, let's just, let's just make sure we understand. Consistent performance doesn't mean every year you're expecting to have a profit because there is no such thing, well, with the exception of a, of a T-bill account or a, or a money market account. Um, it, it goes on. Index funds, on the other hand, are passively managed funds that aim to replicate the performance of a specific market index, such as the S&P 500. These funds typically have lower expense ratios compared to actively managed funds and seek to capture broad market returns rather than outperforming the market. While Ramsey acknowledges the benefits of index funds, he generally favors actively managed funds for several reasons. One is the consistency of returns, that they have the potential to consistently outperform the market over time. By the way, uh, that, that statement is there even though that we know that over a 20-year period that about one out of 10 actively managed funds are able to perform as well as the benchmark itself. He goes on. Ramsey likes these actively managed funds because of their expertise and research, and he values that uh, that research and expertise that the active fund managers provide. And he suggests that their analysis and investment decisions can lead to better results compared to passive investing. But that just, that just, there isn't any evidence that suggests that is true. In fact, the evidence would suggest just the opposite that by overlaying the portfolio with the best thinking of bright people has not provided higher rates of return. And one of the reasons is because those actively managed funds are not only expensive, but something I didn't see anywhere in all my attempts to dig into what ChatGPT knows about this subject, nowhere did I see that according to Morningstar, there is about a 1% better rate of return in an index fund after taxes. In other words, if by chance an index fund made 9% and an actively managed fund made 9%, as reported by Morningstar, that would not take into consideration that that actively managed fund will reduce the performance by about 1% because of taxes, whereas that, uh, that index fund is going to be one, uh, less than one-tenth of 1% in taxes.
So I'm not finding, I'm not finding the kind of in-depth thinking that might really uh, be helpful. And then there is the question of behavioral management. And Ramsey believes that active fund managers have the ability to make investment decisions based on market conditions and behavioral biases. He argues they can potentially avoid a market downturns and capture on opportunities protecting investors from emotional decision-making. In other words, these active managers have the ability to market time. I mean, that's what it really boils down to. They can go to cash if they want. They can change from large cap to small cap. It depends on the prospectus whether they can or they can't. But the bottom line is he believes that active management is going to add to the returns. And yet there is still no evidence that that is the case. And then they mention diversification. Ramsey emphasizes the importance of diversification, and he suggests that actively managed funds can provide better diversification across various sectors and asset classes, potentially reducing risk. And that's basically hogwash. I mean, let's just remember what that is. What is that suggesting? That one, if you were in an actively managed fund, you were likely to have more diversification. Not true. Actively managed funds have fewer companies in their portfolio rather than more than the indexes. I mean, the index for the S&P 500 uses all 500 companies. But active managers try to pick the best of the 500 who are in that large cap blend arena. And if you want to have diversification, big and small and value and growth and U.S. and international, you don't need to go to active managers to get that. You can do that with index funds. And then something really interesting happens. I ask another question. I say, how does Ram Dave Ramsey feel about index funds? It didn't say that he was anti index funds up above. He just prefers the actively managed funds and load funds, by the way. We'll get back to that. Well, this is fascinating because uh, then the answer is, I apologize. Almost sounds like a person talking to you. I apologize for the incorrect information in my previous response. Dave Ramsey actually recommends and strongly advocates for the use of index funds as part of his investment strategies. His stance on index funds uh, aligns with the principles of low-cost, long-term investing. Ramsey often advises individuals to invest in mutual funds with low expense ratios and index funds are known for their low costs. He believes that actively managed funds often come with higher fees and expenses that can eat into the investment returns over time. So somewhere on the internet, this uh, AI picked up this information 
goes on. Index funds being passively managed aim to replicate the performance of specific uh, market indexes, etc. So now we have Dave Ramsey in favor of index funds. Uh, now, let me just take you to Dave Ramsey's site for a second. So here, here is what it says on Dave's site. Dave's financial advice is often at odds with the advice of many financial experts, and his recommendation for loaded mutual funds is no different. But just as Dave's own life experiences influence his advice on dumping debt, so does his investing advice come directly from his approach to building his own wealth. Knowing what Dave recommends and why will help you be a smarter and more confident and successful investor as well. And then the, the next section is headed definitions and recommendations. Loads are investing speak for fees, and all funds charge certain types of fees. In a front-end load fund, part of the fee is a commission you pay when you make the investment on that on the front end. In a back-end fund, you pay commission when you take your money out of the fund. There are also no-load funds in which you pay no commission. No-load funds might seem more attractive. No commission means money saved, right? Not necessarily. Dave actually recommends front-end load funds, especially for retirement planning. Why Dave likes the front-end load funds. Many investors hate the idea of paying around 5% of their investment for upfront commission. But because it's a one-time expense, the value of your investment grows without being bogged down by expensive fees. And as your investment increases in value over time, the commission has less impact on the overall cost of owning the fund. Now, just wait a second. I mean, this is, in my, in my book, totally misleading. Because if you've got a $10,000 investment and you pay a $500 uh, commission, uh, then you have $9,500 working for you. That other $500 is still working. It's just not working for you. And so the cost is not $500. The cost is what will $500 become over a lifetime for you in retirement or for your heirs. So it never goes away. That expense is always there. You just don't have to face it. It's kind of like a stock that you sold at a big loss 20 years ago, and, and, and you think, you know, that's past history. No, it is still with you every day. It's just that you can forget about it because that's the way the brain works. It doesn't want to think about bad stuff that happened, but that's money that's no longer working for your future. So I think... This is, personally, I think this is really misleading. 
He goes on, loaded funds also come with help, an investing professional. The commission pays for your pro's extensive knowledge of the thousands of mutual funds available. The upfront commission is really not a lot to pay to have someone on your team teaching you how to invest successfully. Now, I just want to stop there for a second because here's what's happening. In almost every case that I have seen, the people who are living off of the commission, the load in mutual funds, are representing actively managed funds. Remember, Dave likes actively managed funds. He thinks the managers have a chance to beat the market. Yes, they do, about one out of ten of them. And I might add that nobody has figured out who to know ahead of time is going to be the one out of ten for the next 20 years. So he is a believer in actively managed funds. But to the extent that this person who just paid $500 on the $10,000 to get professional help, if what they get is professional help to buy an actively managed fund, they're going to have more in taxes to pay theoretically, if, well, if it's in a taxable account. And they're going to have more turnover expenses because the active managers buy and sell more than the index funds do. And they're going to have higher expenses forever. I, I just, for, for fun, um, I, there's a, a fund that's been around for a long time. That is uh, the American Investment Company Fund of America. And I looked at that fund. It's got over $100 billion. It's in a very respectable fund family, the American funds. It's... It's, an, its cost of management, the operating expense, is 0.57% a year. And Morningstar puts it in the same category as the S&P 500. And you can get the S&P 500 for three one-hundredths of 1%. So that is a one-half of 1% advantage there. And then according to Morningstar... You need to, if you want to look on a tax-adjusted basis, reduce the return by 1.3% a year on the American Investment Company of America Fund and in the case of the, uh, of the uh, uh, S&P 500, it's 0.35. So it's about an extra 1% better return after taxes, with the S&P 500, and lower expenses forever. Yeah, that, 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 it's true. It's true. In theory, you only have to pay the commission once, even though it's not working for you anymore. But John Bogle is quick to point out the expenses of a mutual fund go on forever, regardless of what their returns are. So... There's about 1.5% just between the upfront uh, uh, fee, the cost of the, uh, uh, of the investment, uh, the returns, uh, and the taxable. In fact, it's closer to 2% uh, in total. And that's with a really fine mutual fund that, 
that a lot of people, over $100 billion of investors' money in that fund. And so the fact that Dave Ramsey thinks that that he's going to find the managers who are going to do better and overcome the higher taxes and overcome the less diversification and overcome the expenses, there just isn't any evidence that he's going to be able to do that. And I want to come back for a second here, a few minutes, back to that page on the Internet that explains why he likes front-end load funds. The next section is entitled, The True Cost of No-Load Funds. No-load funds, low initial costs, may look attractive, but don't be fooled. There's no investing pro to help you select funds or to keep you on track to meet your investing goals. Well, let me tell you, you could have an investing pro who could help you. You could have a person who works on an hourly basis. And when you've got a hundred and two hundred and five hundred thousand and a million dollars, uh, instead of paying all these excessive fees and taxes on those actively managed loaded funds, you could pay somebody by the hour to give you that guidance. In fact, if you paid that $500 commission instead as an hourly fee to somebody and you asked them, please tell me what funds should I be in? And that's the easiest job they have in the world, by the way. And, and, and then they put you in a low-cost index fund that will charge you less over time on, in terms of taxation and certainly in terms of expense ratio. What a bonanza. In a sense, that $500 is working for you for the rest of your life because you have gotten into funds that are truly in your best interest. He says there's no investing pro to help you select funds or to keep you on track. And then he also says some no-load funds, yearly maintenance fees will make you wish you'd paid commission instead. What is that about? I have lots of index funds. I don't have any yearly fees anywhere in those index funds. Uh, Those fees uh, are based on the value of your funds. So as the value of your fund increases, so can your fees. Well, hey, that's true. That is true of the actively managed funds too. Because you paid a load, it did not get you a lower expense ratio. I go on. Mutual fund fees come in many variations, so sometimes it's hard to compare apples to apples. Eliminate the confusion by comparing the fund's expense ratios. Generally, a a ratio of less than 1% is considered inexpensive. 
Funds with higher ratios need higher returns to justify the extra expense. A reasonable expense ratio combined with a long-term track record of excellent returns is a good sign of a high-quality mutual fund. And I'm not saying that a half a percent that you might pay to own the Washington Mutual Investment I mean, the American Funds Investment Company of America Fund. I'm not saying that that's terrible. I'm just saying you could get a better rate of return, at least based on the past and everything we know about the future, because the expenses and and the taxes are almost guaranteed. So you would actually have to conclude, if you looked at it that that way, that the no-load fund in an index fund would be a better deal. Headline, a place for no-loads. There are some good no-load funds available, and you can mix a few of them with your other mutual funds. Keep in mind, though, without the advice of a pro, owners of no-load funds are likely to jump in and out of those investments and that will bring down their rate of return. If you invest in a no-load fund, you'll have to discipline yourself to stay invested long-term. Well, not if you have an hourly advisor to give you that uh, that advice. And as I mentioned uh, in last week's podcast, I think, I really think that Dave Ramsey, if, if he wants to take care of all of his folks, because many of them must have decided that index funds are a better way to go. He ought to take the time to find hourly people who would help those folks get in the right index funds. Then one more short piece. Want a load of good advice? Dave depends on his financial advisor to help him with his investing decisions. You can find your own financial advisor through the Smart Vester program. Your Smart Vester program will be dedicated to teaching you about investing while help, helping you build wealth Dave's way. And I have to assume, by the way, that Dave's way is one, buying load funds, two, buy an actively managed load funds, and, and, and three, doing business with somebody who lives on commissions. And I always worry, I honestly worry, having worked for a brokerage company for a few years in the 1960s, there are times they tell you what to sell. That's one of the reasons I left the business after a couple of years. And what they tell you to sell may not actually be in your best interest. I've been there. I've seen that happen. And I do find it interesting. Almost all of the people that I have talked to who have come out of the brokerage end of the business when you and are retired now, when you ask them how are they investing their money, in almost every case, it's in index funds. And by the way, I know that that most of you uh, are not going to end up in the hands of Dave Ramsey. If you've been listening to us and following the other truth-tellers that we do recommend, uh, like Larry Swedro or 
or White Coat Investor or uh, Rob Berger. I mean, there are a whole bunch of people uh, that would be taking our side uh, and and uh, and and I th- and I would feel good if you were following their work and not ours. I just don't feel that good about what's being recommended. But you may know somebody who's coming to a point in the road where they do have to make a big decision, and they may be fans of Dave Ramsey. So I just want to add quickly, quickly. I know this has been a long. Uh, rant on on this on this 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 topic, but part of what I wanted you to understand is that what you're getting out of Chat GPT, you may not be getting all of the information you need uh, about whatever topic you want to dig into. But I did note as I was going through this topic that Motley Fool did a piece on Dave Ramsey. And the headline is, Dave Ramsey says you should pay front-end loads and expect 12% returns. Here's why that's terrible advice. They go on to say that Dave Ramsey, and by the way, almost everybody says this. Dave Ramsey has has given a lot of anti-debt education and has helped a lot of people. And, and, uh, and, And so... The suggestion is, since he's done all that good work, they should continue to follow him on everything he does. And I, I think we all know better than that. We should, we should, for the good of our family, be doing what we can determine is the best that can be done. But they go on to say, Ramsey is lesser known for his investing advice, but he's got plenty of it, and it's often based on fuzzy logic and questionable math. Here are four things Ramsey gets wrong about investing. One, Ramsey recommends get rid of all non-mortgage debt before you save for retirement. And this is one of his baby steps. He says saving for retirement only happens once you have zero debt aside from your mortgage and a three to six month emergency fund. And they go on to give that advice, why that is why that is not a good decision. You may literally give up investing in a Roth IRA at a very young age. Some of the, the, the biggest pot of gold that you'll have when you get to retirement. And particularly, by the way, if there's a match in your 401k that you're not picking up, that would be that would be criminal. Number two, invest in front load mutual funds. Well, we've covered that pretty well. Uh, And uh, uh, Ramsey, here's something interesting. Ramsey says he doesn't like ETFs because he's a buy and hold guy. Unlike mutual funds, ETFs trade on stock exchanges. So what's a buy and hold ETF investor to do? Easy, buy the fund and hold it. No need to pay a commission to stop yourself from day trading. But it's important to know that even Vanguard is trying to get people to get out of the Vanguard. I'm talking about their privately managed accounts to get people out of their their Vanguard mutual funds and into their ETFs because they're 
they are more tax efficient. That is specifically taxable accounts. Number three, that things that they that they don't agree with with uh, Dave Ramsey. You can earn twelve percent returns on your investments. This has probably been written by about a hundred different investment advisors. Why does Dave Ramsey choose to tell people that because the S&P 500 has averaged a 12% compound rate of return, that that is what they should count on in retirement in the money they have in the S&P 500? You do not live on the average return. You live on the compound return. And the compound return is about 2% less per year. If you decide, if you if you can count on getting a twelve percent compound rate of return, yeah, you could retire earlier. You 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 would be able to spend more if you if you kept working. But it is not the average return. Let me just make sure you you get this. If you invested in something and it went up fifty percent the first year, your hundred dollars would be worth a hundred and fifty. If in the second year it went down 50%, your $150 would be worth 75 cents. You would have actually had a compound negative return of over 12% a year. And yet the average return plus 50 and minus 50 is you're breaking even. No, you're not breaking even. You're losing money. So, that idea that that the average rate of return is what people should be uh, uh, be, be counting on it it's it really is it's ludicrous. Well, I mean it's true. It is the average rate of return, but it is not the average rate of return you live on. And number four, and this is one I was not aware of. Uh, he says, according to the Motley Fool. He says you can withdraw 8% per year in retirement. And, uh, and, and, and of course, uh, if you believe you're going to make 12%, you got all your money in the S&P 500, uh, then uh, boy, that 8% is not a problem, right? Now, it feels like I'm beating up on Dave Ramsey. Actually, I am not. Because, you know, Dave Ramsey, uh, he's got business deals. He's got his ways of making money for his company. And sometimes that means he has to recommend uh, providers uh, who may not do what I would think is in your best interest. Okay? So so I, I do apologize for that. But I don't apologize when I, when, when I, 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 I make the case that you should be in no-load funds instead of load. I don't care whether it's Dave Ramsey that recommends it or your local Merrill Lynch broker. I don't, I don't care. I don't believe that that's the right approach. I do not believe in the active management because you get less after taxes and you pay more in operating expenses inside of those mutual funds, plus you have, you have turnover expenses that you would not have in a uh, index fund, and you get less diversification. I mean, those are so many things. When I think about uh, you putting in 90,000 hours of work, 
and then you're going to have 260,000 in hours of play and and retirement i want that what i want what you have at the end of that 90,000 hours of work i want it to be a, as big a number as it can be not because uh, we want to be it's not about greed uh, and 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 i'm not trying to take money out of the out, out of the mouth of Dave Ramsey or money out of the mouth of the people who are selling commission funds if i favored ford over over chevy uh that would not be an anti chevy it would just mean i prefer fords but i would also probably believe that that, that was a better car now i i i'm not saying that's how i actually believe but i would I would say, yeah, I think they make a better car would be the reason I'd recommend it. And and so from everything we know, if you went to all of the truth tellers on our, on our website and you looked at the people there that we have done our best to put our stamp of approval, we don't get a penny from any of these people. Went to Jonathan Clements, Larry Swedro, Rob Berger, George Sisti, all of these people are going to recommend no load, low expenses, and broad diversification, and of course the right amount of fixed income. Then if you can't do it on your own, don't decide that you go ahead and end up with, with, with subpar long-term holdings because you can't do it on your own. Hire somebody by the hour to help you do it so that for the long run, you'll be in low expense funds. For the long run, you won't have to pay that load up front. For the long run, you'll have more money left over after taxes. Enough said. I I hope so. I do hope so. But it was a great experience finding out what chat GPT the difference between uh, the, the, the it just doesn't get the nuances. It, it doesn't, uh, unless you really get very specific, it, it, it will not give you the actual kind of factual information. It will give you general information that is more like a company brochure than it is about the kind of information that you really need to make a great uh, evidence-based decision for a lifetime. Share this with others. If you know somebody you think it will benefit, always appreciate that. I always appreciate it when you will encourage people to get their free copies of We're Talking Millions, 12 Simple Ways to Supercharge Your Retirement, and Two Funds for Life. And uh, come back next week. And uh, we'll hopefully have uh, some comments uh, from you in the meantime. Maybe you've had a great experience with chat GPT. Why don't you, Paul at paulmerriman.com, tell me about it. I'd like to hear. Thank you all very much and good luck. That was Paul Merriman with Sound Investing. Sound Investing, soundinvesting.com, and paulmerriman.com are produced and exclusively owned by Paul Merriman, who is solely responsible for their content. For more information, free articles, mutual fund recommendations, and more, visit paulmerriman.com.